0: that Ecclesia, its whole purpose is not to elevate man or anything on earth about man, but it's all about bringing God, his order, his kingdom, his authority, his kingship, his dominion into the life of a person, of a family, of a business, of a community, of a city, and of a nation.
1: Hello, and welcome to Unlock the Kingdom Within You. This podcast explores the profound truth about what it means to be born into the kingdom, not a religion. On this podcast, we challenge the religious and denominational norms which shackle us from expressing the liberty of Christ by exploring the kingdom, the ecclesia, and citizenship. If you're born into the kingdom but lost in religion, then this channel is just for you. So thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe.
0: The motivating factor that religion and evangelical theology and doctrine has had for 1900 years, the the thrust, the gasoline that has moved the church to evangelize the world is we gotta get people out of hell and get them into heaven.
1: Yeah, that's the problem.
0: That's the problem, right there. So everybody wants to evangelize. We do prison ministry because we don't want those prisoners to go to hell. They can stay in prison for thirty years, but at least they're going to heaven. We, we, we <laughs> yeah, no, really. And, and I, I get it.
1: I yep, I get it.
0: <laughs> everything is hell or heaven. Well, see, that's not the kingdom. Yeah. The kingdom has nothing to do with hell or heaven, even though within the judicial system of the government of the kingdom, there will be a lake of fire.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That that has nothing to do with the called out. It's got nothing to do with citizenship. I am a citizen of a kingdom that has not. In other words, when God got to my heart, he didn't get to me because of hell or heaven. He got to me because of purpose. Yeah. Why I was born in Bucaramanga, Colombia on September the 6th, 1943. That's what God drove into me. You mm. were born for a reason. And that reason was not your dad or your mom. They didn't have the reason. Neither yeah. did your grandpa or your grandma. You were born because I, God, Almighty Creator, mm. I had a purpose for you. And my purpose for you is to be called out into the kingdom from the world so that you can be a citizen that will be effectively establishing my kingdom on earth. You're not Mm -hmm. gonna be singing and thinking about escaping every day. See, I grew up in a church. The very first book that I read as a little boy, I'll never forget it. I was seven years old. It was a little book of about 70 pages. And it was entitled, The Final Crisis. And from chapter one to chapter four, I think it had four chapters in it. It was all about getting out of here, escaping. It talked that we were going to go hide in the mountains and the gnashing of teeth. And and man, as a seven-year-old boy, I read that. I got scared. (laughs) And I remember running to my mom I didn't. I was one of those kids that didn't cry too much, but I went running to my mom, very emotional, and said, "This book has got me scared." And and that was the essence of religion.
1: Yeah, and the problem with it is it is. <clears throat> It doesn't, it, it won't ever reinforce the power of God, the strength of God in, in justification, sanctification, and glorification, which is key, is also wrapped up in this, in terms of this t- this sense of purpose. Um, and, th- and then there are things that it, it can't explain within the context of the affairs of the earth that we're living in. Um, and then and, and this is one of the key things, you know. Um, I mean, we've touched on it, alluded to it, but the danger of living within the context of the confines of denominationism and church, where the liturgy becomes a barrier and a very limited bandwidth to the expression of the kingdom. Um, and, and in fact, in many instances, blocks the, king, the expression of the kingdom because the mind is so dumbed down by the program. The mind is so dumbed down by the liturgy. Um, and in effect, what that speaks to is, is the new kind of ecclesiastical environment is an environment of constant challenge and testing and change. Yeah. It's, it's a landscape that is not, for, and, and this is the other thing I've found with, with people who are, who are, uh, I would say, you know, frequent, uh, frequent flyers of, of the church world. You know, they've, they've, they've got their mileage. All right. Oh, yeah. um, they've got the the, the the cap and the t-shirt. They st- struggle because th- within the ecclesia there is no familiar liturgy That's right. um, in fact the, lit- the the liturgy is driven only by the agenda of the kingdom and so because of that um it's not that there isn't and i'll say this it's not that there isn't structure structure has its place and structure is not an anathema to the kingdom either yeah. but what it is is that because the agenda is really about the prioritization of the kingdom and citizens are required to think and engage within that process, they cannot sit within the pro, uh, the program. you like a ride at a, a, when you go to a fair and you've got those rides, it, it just takes you from A to Z and all you are is sick, sick in between because it's taking you up and down and around the corner. It's the same thing. Many people get into the liturgy and they just ride from... know uh, the beginning of the service to the end of the service and they're not engaged at all in it the only person that might be engaged is the person at the front but that's rare if he's lifted the service his sermons out of a book so yeah absolutely there's a level of decisiveness um, that is required within the context of the called out in the ecclesia that is places a demand on us to be highly collaborative
0: one thing, uh, Fred, that is so important, and I I can't drive this nail deeper. I mean, I keep driving it and driving it and driving it. And is this, ecclesia, kingdom, and you and I as citizens of the kingdom and as part of the ecclesia, like you said, there is no equal liturgy, there is no, you know, I, I get the question, well what's what's the theology of the eclessia? I said none. <laughs> because they want a theological answer because that's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. This system has certain theology. This one that I said, no, there isn't any. It's just God. It's just who he is. and and the the thing that that I keep driving and driving and driving is, that Ecclesia, its whole purpose is not to elevate man or anything on earth about man, but it's all about bringing God, his order, his kingdom, his authority, his kingship, his dominion into the life of a person, of a family, of a business, of a community, of a city, and of a nation. That's all it is. It's God's government on individual people. That's what it's all about. One of the things that I've experienced in the last, I would say, 20 years. I I saw this shift. In in my first 20 plus years, um, it, it, I mean, I was struggling. I was. You know, back when I came out, there weren't many coming out.
1: Mm, there weren't mm. many
0: podcasts on Ecclesia. Nobody had the Citizens Academy back then. Mm. <laughs> Nobody had written Unlocking the Kingdom. <laughs> okay. And and so, but he, here's, here's what I want to get to. In the last 20 years, as I've traveled around the world, serving the kingdom, being a citizen, part of the Ecclesia, what I hear from the people in the community, the people in the different spheres where God puts me in, in key moments, the one of the first things that I hear from them is this, you know, for someone that is knows the Bible and for someone that speaks so highly of God, you sure are not religious at all. mm, mm. I had, a, I had an experience on an airplane uh, 11 years ago. I was coming from Buenos Aires, Argentina, back to Miami, Florida. And it would take a lot of time to give you how what happened happened. But something happened, and an individual got on the same plane that I was in, and he was given the seat right next to me, and he sat there. Now, this individual happened to be the Archbishop of Argentina. He was the childhood roommate and buddy of the man that is presently the Pope of the Catholic Church.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Right now, the one that is right. The Pope. As a matter of fact, he had just become the Pope when this man got on this plane and this man was headed to Rome to the Vatican. The Vatican has sent a plane for him but the plane had had a mechanical problem in Buenos Aires. They couldn't get the part. So he had to fly commercial and he ended up sitting next to me. Now the flight departed Buenos Aires around ten fifteen at night and it landed in Miami at nine o'clock in the morning. And this individual and I, we didn't stop talking the whole trip. Hmm. Now I'm talking about, he, 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 he was the archbishop at that time. He's retired now of Argentina. A Jesuit, very, very in the high order of the Catholic Church, and the best friend of who is presently the Pope.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. In our eleven-hour trip, and in our conversation, he he would put his hand on my shoulder, and we were we we he asked me to, and we became we were on a first-name basis. And Mm -hmm. he he said, "David, what I keep sitting here so shocked is." I've been doing this since I was six years old, hmm. and I am who I am today. You know more about the scriptures than I do. Hmm. It's very obvious. You have a tremendous passion about the kingdom and the purity hmm. of scripture. What, hmm. you, what you speak is not contaminated with any organized doctrine of theology. Hmm. I've been sitting here since we started talking and and I've been wanting to pick you apart, but I can't because in my heart, I know that what you're saying is the truth. But let me tell you what what stands out so much in talking with you. Your vocabulary, your demeanor and the way you communicate is not one bit religious.
1: Yeah.
0: You are. I mean it's I mean you are just not at all religious. You don't have yeah. you don't have the lingo of the religious people that I am used to being around. Mm. And uh, now we had a powerful experience, and and he and I are still friends today. And he's read several of my books. Matter of fact, he ordered about 400 of my books and passed them out to some of his buddies in Argentina. <laughs> the book Unknown the the Unknown. Yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, But I give you that testimony to the glory of God because I keep hearing that. Mm. I'm here in Orlando right now in Florida, visiting my oldest son. Yesterday, I took a Uber from San Antonio to Austin. And uh, it's a good thing that I left early because there was a major accident on the highway and so the, uh, a normal one hour and 15 minute trip took three hours and a half. But the Uber <laughs> driver, the Uber driver, he was a Hindu. And he told me that his mother was Buddhist and his father was Muslim. And, and we talked. And we talked. I never told him that I was a pastor or, or anything like one. <laughs> I didn't tell him that I had a ministry school, I, nothing. We just talked, we just mm-hmm. talk. And we were there stopped in traffic behind this huge truck one moment, and we weren't moving. And he said, we're not moving at all, so let's just keep talking. And, and, and he, he looked at me and he said, you know what is so strange? You, you say things, and you already told me that, that for you, God is very important because you, you have a personal relationship with God. And he is your authority. And, and, and you, you've already told me that. Mm. And, and he says, but I sit here because I get a lot of people that I pick up. I've been doing this now for five years. And I pick up people that are very religious. I pick up pastors and ministers that are going to the air. He says, but they all have a religious vocabulary. And they Mm. all have a religious twist. And I get very turned off and I really don't want to talk to them.
1: They all
0: want to convert me. He said, with you, we've been talking since we left the house in San Antonio and I'm loving every minute of our conversation, but how is it that you're not religious? Mm. And I told him because I don't serve a religion. Mm. I serve a government. Mm. I serve the government of God. Mm. I am not a church member. I am a citizen of the kingdom, just like mm. you're a citizen of India, just like I'm a citizen of the United States. That's what a citizen in God's kingdom is. I represent a government. I don't represent a religious system. Mm. So why would I speak religiously if, mm. I, have no, if I don't represent a religion? Mm. That's what, and he said he said, it's tremendous. How did you learn to to be like that? I said, I didn't learn it. That's just who I am.
1: Mm.
0: Now, I'm not saying this to be boastful. I'm just saying it as a testimony. Mm. And and, and for for us to have the effect that you're talking about, of the ecclesia, that is going to have a tremendous effect in Babylon, (laughs) in the confused world that we're in right now. Yeah, yeah is not going to be with this hallelujah praise the lord glory to god don't get me wrong there's a place for all that but if we're going to truly impact babylon (laughs) so that there's a there's a leaving (laughs) and there's we're going to have to abandon our religious vocabulary and Mm. become a kingdom governmental vocabulary Begin to speak about dominion and authority. Begin to speak about submission. Begin to speak about transformation of the mind. Mm. Don't be afraid to agree with some of the people of the world with some of the things that they have said. They just have not applied it correctly. Mm. One of my biggest door openers is when I mention certain individuals that to most religious people man i would never mention that guy he he's an atheist i don't care if he's an atheist if he has said something that can bring light to something i'll use what he said only to, as a door opener it's, it's yeah. you know, jesus said we must be more astute than the serpent
1: yeah absolutely i think i think one of the key things that's interesting is and you you alluded to it earlier when you were talking about uh the way that people are brought within the context of the faith. Um, as you know, I've always said, you know, we are, we are, our experience for many of us is that we're born into the kingdom, but we're lost in religion. That's it. And, and I see it as a situation where we, for many, we legitimately come into the kingdom, but we're introduced into a maze of churches, denominations, and ministries. Yep. And those, and the challenge for I feel very sad for many of our brothers and sisters who have for years gone from one church to the next, from one denomination to the next, because each time they they hop and skip from one to the other, it's always the next one's better than the last one. And the problem is, it's all the same thing. It's not one's better than the other. It's that you're you're locked into a system and you have become dependent on that system, and in some cases, an addict to that system.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it is a characterization of Christ, not Christ Himself. That's right. And and I think that for me, one of the one of the one yeah. of the, 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 the challenges that we face, and I and I think it's it's a challenge because of what's going to happen in our day. And that is that whenever the kingdom i always say that the kingdom runs along the fault lines of other kingdoms
0: that's right
1: <laughs> and so whenever you see other wherever wherever you see other kingdoms crumbling in their structure of society yeah. the yeah. kingdom runs within that
0: within. that's great. yeah
1: that's correct and 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 as and then as you begin to see and that's why you know jesus will allude to uh the importance of the kingdom stretching to the, the poor and those who are in needy, not not because they are poor, but more because within the in the class system of the world, they are at the bottom rung of the ladder. That's right. And, and as a result, they will the, to meet them. You can't have a, a, a religiosity to meet them. You have to have a real life. Uh, practical outworking. And this is why I like the way Jesus challenged the disciples on so many occasions when he would say, right, you know, how are these people going to be fed? Yeah. And how is this going to be addressed? Yeah. It was real practical holiness, really right? practical yeah. holiness. Now, I say that to say all of this, that the what we're, going, we're, we're seeing with the, uh, for example, with effectively the demolition of our economic systems across the globe across nation states is along with that, the reality is going to be seen that much of the religion is held up by these nation states. It's not held up by the word of God. It's oh, not held absolutely. up by, by Christ. It's held up by these nation states who, have, right. uh, with all respect, the church has got into bed with. Yes. Um, and, and, and prostituted itself to. And so as a result, the scaffolding of the church as it begins to, and we see it from generation to generation, the scaffolding of the church as it begins to fall apart, well, it's falling apart because the kingdom is actually coming up beneath it. Um, The real kingdom, the authentic kingdom message, worked out, incarnated in people, is coming to bear, is becoming manifest, and obviously it will be a threat to some. It will be difficult for some because you can't control that. You can't manipulate that. You can't put hands on it um, because the expression is is far, is global. And I'm I'm really, one of the things that I've certainly rejoiced in over the last few years was, like I told you, it was a season where it was just myself in my lab, so I call it, you know, working things out, figuring things out, coming to a clear sense of, of where I fit within the context of the work of the nation and supporting that work of evolving that nation. But in the last few years, coming to know yourself, uh, Kim, uh, Tim Kurtz, uh, Andy, Kelvin, yes. and engaging with uh, other people across the world, yeah. you start to realize that the, the frequency of the kingdom, the Ecclesia, and the citizenship is truly going out throughout the world. Yeah. People yeah. are waking up to it. Um, and, and I think that the last thing I was going to say is you realize then that the, really the mission of a citizen is to support and help the unlocking of the kingdom within a person. That's it. It's not to That's get them to church. It's to help them unlock the kingdom.
0: See, I'll, I'll reference back to the Uber driver yesterday.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: You know. You know what triggered the conversation? I didn't ask him. Do you know if you die tonight, where you're going to be tomorrow? Are you going to be mm. in heaven or hell? I I, I didn't ask him that. I didn't ask him what church he went. I didn't ask him, you know, not... I simply asked him. It was very obvious that he was from a different country. I asked him, how long have you been in the United States? Mm. So he told me. And I said, uh, have you been, uh, what What have you done for, for your living? What have you done? He said, well, when I first came, he said, I worked at a friend's gas station. And then I started working for Uber. And so, and he was a young man. He was probably in his late 30s. And so I, uh, I said to him, I said, you know, uh, I've met many young men like yourself that have come to this country looking for a better life. Mm. I'm sure that's mm. why you came here. You mm. came here mm. looking for something better. Mm. And, and he said, yes. I said, let me tell you something that might shock you. When you were born in India, in whatever town you were born in, God, he had purposed something very special and unique just for you. Now, you might say to me, what's God got to do with my life? Mm. I said, and I said, it's not so much what God's got to do with your life. It's what God has His purpose for you. Mm. It's all about purpose. And then I said to him, with all due respect, I don't know what your beliefs of God in, but I'm going to just personally tell you. I came to the conclusion one day that God is the creator and that he created me. And so for me, I wanted to know if he created me, what in the world did he create me for? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I pursued and got that answer from him that things changed in my life. And here I'm sitting with you right now. I'm 79 years old, and I have a lot of joy, a lot of peace, and 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 I'm excited about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about next week. I'm not thinking about retirement. I have a lot of people in their 60s that have already retired. I got- <laughs> Seventy-five, were sitting in a in a in a rocking chair all day, and they read the paper five times and flipping channels on TV because they have no purpose. Mm. See, I know my purpose, so I'm excited about my purpose, mm. and I live for that purpose for which I was born. Mm. And so, from there, the conversation went. Well, when we finally got to the airport. He said to me, he said, you know, sir, I've never had such an exciting trip as this. I'm thankful that we had the, the accident that we spent an hour and a half on the expressway. Mm-hmm. Because this was a great conversation. Do you mind giving me your number? And when are you coming back so we can talk more? Nobody's ever talked to me about purpose. But you have ignited something in me today that I had never, even myself, I had given up on myself.
1: Mm, mm.
0: Now, why do I say this? If that man calls me, I'm going to continue to drive home to him purpose.
1: Mm, I'm mm. not
0: going to tell him that he's a sinner. (laughs) I'm not going to tell him that sin's taking him to hell. Mm. I'm going to continue to drive home purpose. Because in his case, he has a belief. In his belief system, and a God that is not even real. <laughs> mm, mm. Right? So I'm thinking to shift from there to God the Creator, and I've got a purpose, that's a huge leap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: and you know that more than I do because you mm. know a lot more <laughs> of people from that tradition. But yeah, I know because I know that that man's going to call me. Mm, I know that. Mm. But what I'm gonna drive to him is purpose. And the only way he can fulfill purpose is by being reconciled to his creator. I'm not gonna tell him to go join a church or to go, I'm not gonna invite him to a Sunday morning service. I'm not even gonna invite him to be part of the ecclesias that I am presently involved in because Mm -hmm. he's not there yet. See, the problem with religion. We're in a hurry for metrics.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the problem.
0: And because of being in a hurry for numbers and metrics, we don't know how to talk to people effectively. Mm -hmm. And we forget that some of us just sow the Holy Spirit waters and someone else brings it to fruit.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's kingdom mindset.
1: Isn't it isn't it, it isn't it interesting you say that? Isn't it interesting that the most desired well the most desired metric around, especially in the context of social media, is the follower. Yes. And and the follower metric is that's not a healthy metric because the metric you want is the engagement metric. Yeah. The net metric you want is the one where there is a resonating between you and the other person in order to, to ensure that we are coming to a similar hymn sheet and that true life is being shared between one another. This is why I think it is so sad that the highest metric could be in the church's attendance. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Because it's a follower metric. Um, And and the reality is, is that...
0: And the only reason is the highest is because the second one depends on the first one, which is money.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly and 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 the and and so I think this this idea of saying, okay, how do we how do we ensure that we're we're pursuing this desire to see the kingdom unlocked in people by by talking about the purpose of Christ, which reality, we've been saying a long time that Jesus is a solution for the world, but what we've not been able to communicate, which we are able frankly to be able to do now, is talk about no, it, Jesus and his kingdom is a solution for this world. <laughs> And we are part of that kingdom and have an obligation to share the technology of that kingdom, which has redemptive purposes to it, that is able to bring us in back to a dominion position um, that enables men to truly master the earth without mastering one another in, 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 and having the wrong type of dominion over one another. A, shared, a truly shared commonwealth that comes from the riches of Christ, which is why we can't own it because he's the owner of it all. Thank you for joining our fireside talk about the kingdom. My name is Frederick Tobin and I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to continue to receive fresh insight into the kingdom, click the notification bell to follow us. For further information about the kingdom, visit our website www.unlockthekingdomwithinyou.com to download your free ebook. See you soon.